Daf Vov in Meseches Rosh Hashanah. We are up to Tonu Rabbonon, which is about 11 lines from the top of the Omud. Tonu Rabbonon, Moitzos Vasecha. Okay? And we ended off yesterday's Daf discussing the importance of a person following through on their pledges and their vows. So let's keep going on that topic. Tonu Rabbonon, the Rabbis learned, so shall we. Moitzos Vasecha. Things that you that come out of your mouth. Zu mitzvah sase. This is a mitzvah sase. Okay? Now what is this talking about? So if we look at the Pasuk, if you look on this on the page of the Gemara on the, in the Torah Ar Hashalim, they quote all the Psukim there. So this is in Devarim Perek Chav Gimel, Pasuk Chav Dalid. Okay, the Pasuk says in Devarim Perek Chav Gimel, Pasuk Chav Dalid in the Gemara, you'll see a little Dalid pointing us to this Pasuk. So, Maitzvah Svasecha Tishmar, what comes out of your mouth, you need to protect. You need to be careful to follow through on things that you speak. Va'asisa, and do it. This that you vowed to Hashem, your God. Which means, there's a biblical command. There's a command in the Torah to follow through on, on what you say. Right? Unfortunately, in, in recent years, yeah, in recent years, it's become very normal in society to not even intend to follow through on what we mean, right? At least until a few, uh, a few years ago, people at least had enough self-respect to try to wiggle out and show that they didn't intend to lie. And now they just say, okay, so I lied. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's not even like, uh, it's, it's not even like an embarrassment anymore, you know? It's There's a positive command. You say something, you follow through on it. This is a mitzvah say in the Torah. Tishmar, you must protect it. This is a mitzvah laisaseh. Okay? It must be protected. Now, the, the word tishmar is, um, the word tishmar, Rashi explains, means Make sure that it's done, it's, but it's giving off, it, it has a, I think the word in English is connotation. It, it's, um, it implies more of a negative type of commandment. You need to protect it. Va'asisa, do it. Azhara lebezdin shi'asucha. It's an azhara to bezdin to um, enforce that a person follow through on their words. Okay, a bezdin has the kayach. If somebody makes a vow, the Bezdin can force that money. Kasher Nadarta, just like you promised, Zen Neder. That's referring to a Neder. Now, yesterday we explained the difference between a Neder and a Nedava. The Gemara here is going to explain it for us. Right? That's a vow. Lashem Aleikecha, Elu Chatois Vashem Hashem your God means things that you promised to Hashem your God, including a Korban Chatas, a Korban Osham. And a oila and a shlamim nedava kimashmai and a carbon nedava is kimashmai the way it seems that uh, it's referring to a pledge kasher dibarta as you've spoken elu kache bedekabayis this is referring to things that have been been made kadosh for the upkeep of the base hamikdash beficha in your mouth zut tzedakah is referring to tzedakah when a person pledges tzedakah they must in, make sure. And Bezdin has the right to enforce that the person follows through on what was uttered from their mouth when we pledge a particular amount to tzedakah. And now for the next little bit of Gemara, we're going to focus in on these verses. 
that this Brysa quoted and, and go through each one of these things to see how it, uh, how it applies. Okay? That's right. Right. Absolutely. And that's correct. And Bezdin has the koach to enforce financial obligations. You now have an obligation. Bezdin's got to enforce. Now, unfortunately, nowadays, we don't have such a thing. Right? Yeah. Nowadays, we don't have such a thing. It's unfor- the reason why I'm saying it's unfortunate is not because of this in particular. The reason why it's unfortunate is actually a very important conversation that's worthwhile mentioning, it, and that refers to relationships in general. But the way, the, the way that many things work is a lot of things lead up to something else, okay? So for example, if, if uh, somebody were to do something to me, how do I respond depends a lot on what my relationship with that person is leading up to that moment. Right? Things just don't remain. So for example, let's say somebody um, let's say somebody is acting incorrectly within a community. Somebody's withholding a get from his wife. Okay? So on and so forth. So nowadays in the United States, it's very, very difficult to pressure that person appropriately al halacha. Because the community doesn't function close enough and tight enough in the moments outside of that moment so that when that moment comes and we need to come together to just, that's it. We, we're not going to accept this, right? That's what's unfortunate. Because if you don't have a Besden that's a central figure in other areas of our lives, which maybe, you know, so then when it comes to those times when you mamish need a central authority, it's not going to be in existence. You know, so, so it's, a, it's, a very, it's a very important thing to think about as we work through communities. You know, sometimes we try to build new institutions and new things that can be a little bit of a break-off, and we think we're helping and growing Tyra. In the meantime, if in the bigger picture it's fragmenting, you could really be hurting a, a kahila in, uh, in, in other ways. So it's a fascinating thing to... to Wonder about and to think about. Okay. Amar Mar. The Tana taught us things that come out of your mouth. It's referring to, there's a mitzvah that says, you pledge something, you have a chi of me dairaisa, a positive commandment in the Torah to follow through. Lamali. Why do I need that pasuk to teach me that there's a mitzvah that says that you should come to the base of Mikdash and bring it? Meaning you're a chi to bring it. That itself, when you come to the base of Mikdash, bring your vows. That itself tells me there's a mitzvah that says, why do I need the pasuk of Maitzas Vasecha? Answers the Gemara, uh, and also Tishmar. We don't have an answer yet, but Tishmar, you should protect it. We, what, what the Brises say, that's putting a negative commandment in place. Zum Why do I need Tishmar to create a Mitzas Leisase? Milaisa Acher What did we learn yesterday and two days? We're not allowed to be late on payments. That itself is a negative commandment. That if you're late, you don't pay up what you said. There's a negative commandment. So why do you got to tell me Tishmar? Why do you have to add another negative commandment to this? Ve'asi. So the Brisa says you're obligated to do it. This is a warning to Bezdin to make sure that people follow through on their words. Lamali. Why do I need a Pasuk telling Bezdin to enforce that which comes out of a person's mouth? Me, Yakrivaisai Nafka. We know it from Yakrivaisai. You say something. 
you're obligated to bring a carbon. So you, you got to make so it should follow through. Now, how do we know Yakar Vaisai is referring to Bezdin enforcing it, the Tanya? Because we learned in a Brai, so Yakar Vaisai, you need to follow through and bring the carbonus that you pledged. This teaches us that we enforce, we force the person to follow through. He brings it no matter what. Okay, you said something, you're going to bring this carbon. I might think that you bring it against his will. One second. But the Pasuk says it has to be with his Ratzim. This is such a powerful Gemara. Listen to this. One second. Do you force somebody to bring a Garbon? Or do you need it to be brought according to his own will? How does this work? Says the Gemara something beautiful. Teaching us about the soul of a Jew. Which means we kind of twist his arm till he says uncle. We put pressure on the person until he says, that's what I want to do. Okay, now you might ask. Here's why this is so beautiful. Because you might ask, one second, if you twist his arm till he says, uncle, he doesn't really want it. Right? He doesn't really want it. So what's the vart? So the vart's over here. This is the difference between uh, the Kal Yisrael and the other nations of the world. Let's think about it for a moment. Paro and Mitzrayim. He says, Klal Yisrael could leave after each Makkah. Then it says, what happens? The Makkah's over. Hashem hardens Paro's heart and he says, no, 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 I will not let you go. Right? You're not allowed to leave. Well, I don't understand. Where's Paro's Bechira? Hashem hardened his heart. Why is there a claim on him? What did he do wrong? Hashem hardened his heart. So there's a few explanations, but one, one beautiful idea is as follows. Paro never along wanted to allow Klal Yisrael to leave. But each Makkah that Hashem brought twisted Paro's arm, kept twisting, 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 until he finally said, uncle, okay, I'll let them go. And then as soon as Hashem released the pressure, what happened? Paro's heart was hardened. He just went back to what he wanted all along. That's what, Paro never wanted to let us go. The Maka was just twisting his arm. And then as soon as the Maka was gone, his heart became hardened again. Hashem hardened his heart, meaning he, he, he was only letting us go because of the pressure. But that's not what he really wanted. Abrayid is the opposite. What happens with Kal Yisrael? Ayid always wants to do the right thing. What happens is we have a Yetzir Haram. The Yetzir Haram is twisting our arm. The Yetzir Haram says, no, Tendler, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Don't do the mitzvah. Don't do the mitzvah. Don't follow through on your pledge. You could do something else with the money. You could invest it. You could start a business. You could make more money. And uh, so, what is what is the community obligated to do? Remove the Yitzhahara from the person. Community, the Yitzhahara is pressuring me to do the wrong thing. The community comes and says, "No, tell them don't listen to Yitzhahara. We're going to help you see things straight." And therefore, as soon as the community puts Bezdin, puts the right pressure, the Yitzhahara is now gone, and I naturally, my neshama automatically just wants to do the right thing. And that's why by a Yid in particular, you're allowed to pressure him until he says, I want. Because when a Yid says he wants to do something, it's really what he wants to do. We really, a Yid wants to give the tzedakah. Unfortunately, we have the, the Yitzhahara stopping us, but as soon as, we, as, soon as the Yitzhahara is removed, then, then it's takala, beautiful. Okay. Chad Amar Says the Gemara. 
One pasuk is talking about where a person uh, said something, but he didn't, he, he didn't specify exactly what he wants. And one pasuk is talking about where a person specified what he wants to do, but he wasn't makrivit yet. Okay, meaning one pasuk is telling us when somebody pledges, but didn't yet set aside the pledge, we pressure him. And then there's another pasuk that says, even when you set it aside, but didn't actually do it yet. There's also, right, that's the next step. There's also a pressure. Utricha. I need a pasuk to force me into each phase. Why? If the Torah would have said that when somebody pledges, but didn't yet set it aside, and he's, he, it's a transgression, I would say, Listen, the reason why it's a transgression is because you said something, but you didn't yet set it aside. But let's say you already set aside your animal, but you didn't yet bring it to the base of Mikdash. I would say, listen, you set it aside. The carbon is just waiting to be brought wherever it is. It, it already belongs to Hektish. It's set aside for Hektish. So there's no transgression. Therefore, Tzricha. We need another pasuk telling us that even if the animal is set aside, but you are delaying in bringing it after the, you know, after the required amount of time, it's still going to be a transgression of Balta Acher. If I would have said there's Balta Acher when you set it aside and didn't bring it, I would say the Kamashi Le Because what right do you have to keep something that belongs to Hektish in your possession? Aval Omar Ifrish. But when somebody says something, but didn't yet set it aside, so Amr Diburi Le Klomu, I would say, listen, listen, the guy just doesn't keep his word. But Lamai said, still his money, it's not yet set aside for Hektish, so there's, there's, no, you know, there's no way for us to enforce it. Comes along the Gemara and says, Therefore, we're saying that there's a Chiyov. Um, for when you say something and don't set it aside, that itself is a chiyav uh, obligation, and then there's a separate obligation once it's set aside to actually bring it. Says the Gemara. One second. Umi matzi amrit amar ifrish. Says the Gemara. Umi matzis amrit amar ifrish vahanedava ksiva. How can you say that the pasuk's talking about a case when somebody? Um, says, I'm going to bring a carbon. Somebody bring, makes a pledge, but doesn't yet set it aside. That's a transgression. That's what we're saying. Says the Gemara, one second. But it says, Nidava. Okay? It says the word Nidava. When it says that you're not allowed to be late, okay? The, wor- the Pasuk talks about a Nidava, a pledge. Utnan, so what's the question? The question is not clear yet. Utnan, and we learned in the Mishnah. Ezehu Neder. This price is going to explain the difference between a neder and a nedava. Both of them are promises. What's the difference between the promise of a neder and the promise of a nedava? Says the Gemara. What's a neder? Ha'aymer, when a person says, Haray alai ayla. I am responsible to bring a carbon ayla. That is a neder. When I take personal responsibility on my body, on the gavra, on the individual, I will bring a carbon. That's a nether. The ezahu he bezu he nedava. What's considered a nedava? When a person says ha'imer ze When a person instead of saying I'm obligated to bring a carbon, I point to a specific animal. I point to Bessie the cow, and I say Bessie, you're the ayla. I don't say that I'm, it's on me to bring a carbon. I say it's on me to bring that carbon. Only that animal. What's a practical difference between a nether and a nadava? I'll tell you a practical difference. Nether 
What happens if I say it's on me to bring a carbon? Mace. And then the animal that I thought was I was going to bring dies. Aynegnav, or it got stolen. You still need to bring a carbon. Chayav bachriyusay. You're obligated. Right? Because what did I say? I'm going to bring a carbon. Okay, I thought it would be Bessie. She got stolen. She died. Still, bring a carbon. But Nadava, but let's say I said it's on me to bring that cow, Mesa, and that cow died. Aynegnava, or it got stolen. Aynechayav bachriyusay. I don't have to bring a different one. I never said I'm going to bring any other animal. I never said it's on me to bring an animal. I said it's on me to bring that animal. And the moment that animal is not available, it's not, it's not on me. So says the Gemara, um, the, um, the Pasuk that we're using over here, you see that when you make an Adava, it also it's, it's obligates, a, uh, it obligates a bringing. So if it's talking about specifically about a Nidava, how can we talk about a person who, who's going to bring in a dava but didn't set it aside? Let's listen closely to the question. It's a beautiful question. Herzachayim. Take a step back. What's an dava by definition? I said that animal. Clear? Right? An dava is when I say that animal. Okay, pause for a moment. Let's move back to the previous step. The previous step was... You know what the Pasuk's talking about? The Pasuk's talking about when a person declared an animal but didn't designate the animal. What? One second. Isn't an, ask the Gemara. This is the Gemara's question. Isn't an Adava by definition that you designated it? How is it possible? And the, the whole answer in the last step was, I'll tell you the difference in the Pasukim. One pasuk's talking about when you said it as, when you when um, you said something but you didn't designate it yet. What? On a dava by definition means you designated a specific animal. So how can you translate the pasuk to say you said something without designating? Then it's not an adava in the first place. That's the Gemara's question. And for the Gemara, Omar Rava. Rava says, Mishkach law, I could find a case of an adava where you didn't set aside a specific animal. You know how? Kagayin, for example, the Omar, the guy says, Hare alai oila, I'll take responsibility to bring an oila, al menas on condition that I don't need, I'm, I'm not obligated to if something goes wrong. Okay? So that works. That works. I want to pause here for a moment and explain what just happened. This is such a beautiful thing and very important halacha lemaisa. Halacha lemaisa, practical Jewish law. When somebody says something, when it comes to financial matters, it's a big deal to go into their brain and say, what did they mean when they said those words? Because depending on the intent that speaks a lot about the obligation. So, let's take the following scenario. A person says, it's on me to bring a cow. And the cow dies. Are you obligated? Yes, because you said it's on me. So you're still obligated. When a person says, I'm going to bring that cow, and that cow dies, are you obligated? No, because that cow is not available, and I only spoke about that cow. The Gemara is giving me a middle case. What happens if I say 
it's on me to bring a cow. But if a cow doesn't come along that I'm able to bring, then the, the, the obligation should fall off. You could do that. That's not a real medder. But you could do that. If, that's, if that was your intent at the time that you made the statement, the Gemara is saying, you know when you can have a case where you take personal responsibility, but you're not really taking personal responsibility, you didn't really designate a particular animal, when a person makes a nether conditionally, okay? And that's going to be the case of the pasuk, a conditional nether, okay? So you didn't take, a, it wasn't like a full-fledged. Okay, listen to this. Then we said, Beficha zutzdaka. Whatever comes out of your mouth, you need to follow through on. This is referring to tzedaka. Omar Rava. Rava says, When a person pledges tzedaka, you got to pay it up ASAP. My timer. What's the reason? Because people are poor right now. And there's always aniyam in Kal Yisrael. There's always going to be. The Pasuk tells us in Parshas Re'ei, Efes kila there will always be poor people in Klal Yisrael. Rabbi Yisrael Reisman, Shlita. Right, Rabbi Yisrael Reisman. Um, he's the famous Navi Shir. And he's a big uh, Rav and, and Rashiva in New York. The Talmud of Rav Pam. So he says over, he was, um, he was spending a summer in Eretz Yisrael uh, to, to relax. And he went to Tzfats. He was staying in Tzfats. He found a little shtibel in, uh, you know, in Svas, a little place. Nobody really knew him. Nobody would bother him. He could sit there and learn for a few weeks. So he sits and learns. He thought he'd have quiet. And uh, an ani walks into the shtibel, and he sits down in front of him by the table. He's guy, this guy's got all the time in the world to schmooze. Yeah? He thinks there's a year they're learning. I'll, you know, I'll schmooze him up. I'll have a conversation. In the meantime, Mr. Reisman just wants to learn, you know? The guy sits down and he starts kvetching. Oh, Nebuch Parnas is so hard and this is hard and everything, you know, and I go around during davening, everybody gives me a half a shekel, a shekel, I got to kvetching away. So Bissol Reisman says, I said to him, listen, why don't you go to the cemetery where the Arizal's buried, the Beis Yosef is buried, Tour buses in the summer line up, and all the tourists are coming to Davin. Stand near the base Akvaris and ask them for tzedakah. The Americans, they, you think they're all rich, you know, and tell them the schos of the base Yosef, schos of the Arizal, give tzedakah. You'll make a lot more money than walking around some little shtibel. Why do you go down there? He's giving them business advice. He says, The guy said to him, You're right, but here there's air conditioning. The guy says to him, see, he was very bothered. He said he was very bothered. Like, like, like what's your problem? Right? <laughs> I'm giving you business advice. You're like, oh, but here there's air conditioning. Like, you know, so he said he went back. So when he went back to New York, he asked his Rebbe, he asked Rapam. He's like, he's like, what's the deal? What's the deal? So he said, Rapam opened up the Pchumish to Parsha Sre'ei. And he showed him this Pasuk. And he says, Rabbi Yisrael, it says in the Torah, "Efes Baruch Hu is always going to have. There's always going to be some people where their mazel is to be an ani, and that that's the way Hashem made them. 
And Kali Yisrael, that's this way Kali Yisrael can always be giving tzedakah, you know? That's how they're wired. To us, it's Meshuggah. It's like, what, like <laughs> what's your problem, right? But he said, as I sucked in the Torah, it's like, don't be so bothered by it. This guy's just wired to be an Ani. That's it. He's, he's, you know, he's not going to be able to break out of that shell. It's a big, it's a big yisai, by the way, when we give tzedakah and how we view Aniim. You know, some people are just in a pinch and need a little bit of help. They're going through a difficult kufa. And some people, it's an ongoing thing. You know, it's, it is, you know, there, there's no real, uh, there's no real teretz for it. And that's the Gemara saying over here. When a person pledges tzedakah, there's always going to be a niyam, and therefore you really should not delay and wait through any yamim taivim. As soon as we could get the money to the aniyam, it should be paid off. Says the Gemara Pshita, right? That's simple. Says the Gemara, no, Maudatema, I would have thought to say, Kivan de Binyana de Karbanis Ksiva. Since when it says to Karbanis, it says, Balta Acher, you shouldn't wait after the Regalim, I would say Tzedakah works the same way as Karbanis. Kamash Malan, therefore, the Chedish is Hasamut Lin Rachmana Bergalim. Only when it comes to things that we're donating to Hektish do you have three regalim, aval hacha but when it comes to giving tzedakah, a person should not wait, because the aniyim need the money as soon as possible. Okay. Amar Rava, Rava says, once one regal passes, once one yomtiv passes, Remember, we had five opinions. How long do you have about the Acher? One Yomtiv. The halacha is, says Rava, Eiber You've already transgressed the Asay. That was the opinion. Mesway, that's the challenging question. Heyid Rabbi Shua Rabbi Papayas. Rabbi Shua and Rabbi Papayas gave testimony. And they said, they testified, Al Vlad Shlomim Sheikarev Shlomim. The child of an animal that is set aside as a Shlomim it automatically, let's say a shlomim gives birth, that child must be brought as a shlomim. Amar of Papayas, if Papayas says, I testified there was a paro, there was a cow that was set aside as a carbon shlomim, and we ate it on Pesach, and the children also, the child, the offspring of that cow also was eaten as a carbon shlomim, on the Yomtif. It makes sense that they, they were at Makra. I'm sorry, Bechag is on Sukkot. So he says, we ate the, the mother on Pesach and the baby was eaten. We waited, it had to be a Shlomim. We waited till Sukkot, six months later, to eat it as a Shlomim on Sukkot. A Shalmei Hachag. It makes sense why on Pesach they didn't bring the child. I would say, listen, we know that the halacha is an animal is not allowed to be brought as a carbon until it's eight days old. Okay, so if the mother, um, if the mother was, um, you know, uh, was shechted on Pesach, so and the and, and the baby needs to be eaten on Pesach, and I'm sorry, and the baby needs to be eaten on Yom Tif, as Shalmei Achag, it can't be Pesach because by the time it's eight days old, Pesach will be over. Hence, you need to wait until Sukkis. But one second. Isn't Shavuos before Sukkot? If the baby can't be brought on Pesach because it's too young, why'd they wait till Sukkot? They should have brought it on Shavuos. That's the Gemara's question now. Let's read this inside. According to you, Rava, that a Shlomim 
cannot pass over a single yomtif. Why did they wait? Why did Rav Papayas wait over Shavuos till Sukkot to eat it? It's a transgression. You're passing over a yomtif. They should have eaten eat it on Shavuos. Beautiful question. Answers the Gemara, Amr Azvid Mishpeda Rava. Rav Zvid answered, in the name of Rava Kegain, for example, we now turn to Avav Amr Beis, I'll give you a case. You weren't able to bring it on Shavuos. Very practical. The animal was, the, the baby, Rashi says, the Vlad, was sick on Shavuos. And it wasn't fit to be brought. Okay. Ravashi, Yom Ravashi, let's give another answer. What do you mean we ate as a Shlom Chag? Maybe it doesn't mean they waited until Sukkot. Maybe it means they take ate it on Shavuos. Okay, Chag Shavuos. All it said was Chag. Now, usually Chag refers to Sukkot. But, okay, you could say, listen, Shavuos is also called a Chag. That's another way to wiggle out of it. The Idach, and the first opinion, which was Rav Zvid, answering on behalf of Rava, who said it was sick, Rav Zvid's going to say no. Whenever, we, we never call Shavuos a Chag when we're connecting it to Pesach. Whenever you have to find the word Pesach, Shavuos will be called Atzeres. So why did we call it a Chag? It must be Sukkot. So if it must be the Eder on Sukkot, how did they wait over Pesach? Here comes along my answer, and it was sick. Okay, period. Done with that conversation. The other opinion was, once you pass over three regalim, fascinating, ready? Once you go past the prescribed time, you transgress a new Avera every single day that you wait. Every day that you wait to bring your carbon. Challenging question. Once a year passes, even without regalim. Now, one second. Can a year pass without a Pesach Shavuos and Sukkot? Is it possible? You ever, ha- you ever heard of a canceled Pesach Shavuos and Sukkot? No. So we have to explain this. But right now what we're saying is, let's just translate this the way that the words seem to be. You have a year and you pass over even without three regalim, or regalim b'leishana, or, or you have the yamim toivim without the year. So, ever baltach. Okay? Now we know how you could have three regalim without a year, because all you need to do is go from Pesach to Sukkot, or Sukkot to Pesach. It's only six months. Sukkot to, I'm sorry, Pesach to Sukkot, you'll have Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, six months. You didn't pass over a year. Either way, ever baltach. Says the Gemara, v'amaiti what sort of question is this? Omar, how's this a question? How's this a contradiction? No, it's not a good question. Why? Because Mihti. Let's understand the Brisa. The Tana is coming to exp- try to get all these halachas of people who don't pay up their obligations. So Rava, uh, um, if Rava's right, that every single day you're over on Balta Acher, the, the Tana should have written that you're every day you're over Balta Acher. But what did Tana say? The Tana said, no, once you pass over three regalim, even if it's without a year, once you pass a year, then there, it seems like there's one Balta Acher, not multiple. That's the question. The Idach, and the response to that's going to be, Tana le mikveh balav kamahadah. No, the Torah is coming to establish the, uh, the, the lav, the transgression, but it's not coming to establish multiple. Meaning, it could be in a Hanami, the ton of the Brisa would agree that every day 
is a new obli- is a, a new transgression, but there, all the time is coming to do is to establish the initial transgression. It's not necessarily trying to come along and establish a daily transgression. It may agree to it, but that's not that's not the goal of the brisa. Ultimately, what we're walking away with from this brisa is there's no question on Rava. When Rava says there's daily transgressions, and the brisa leaving that out is not a contradiction. Maybe the Bryce had just left it out because it was speaking about the initial transgression. Okay, but now let's understand the Bryce. Once we mention this Bryce, let's understand it. What did the Bryce say? The Bryce said, whether you have a, any sort of obligation, if you pass by a year that don't have regalim or a gullim without a year, it's a transgression. Let's understand how such a thing is possible. Here we go. Gufa, a piece of a previously quoted Bryce. Echad b'char v'echad kala kajim whether we're dealing with the obligation to bring a Bukhar or any other kachim. As soon as a year passes, even without any yamim taibim, regalim shana, or the yamim taibim pass without a year, so you are obligated, it's a transgression of delaying. Says the Gemara, let's understand this. We can understand how you have regalim three, yamim taibim shana, and it's still not a whole year. You find such a thing. How so? Because any three Yom Taibim, like we said, Pesach, Shavuah, Sukkot. How much time does that take up? Six months. Right? It's a six-month gap. Fine. Beseder. So you have three Regalim. The whole year didn't pass. You're already obligated on delaying. But Regalim Belayshana. But I'm sorry. Abishma Regalim Belayshana 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 But to have a year pass... Without any yam taivim, how is such a thing possible? No matter what, time, no matter when you made your vow, you ain't going a whole year without a. You're always going to be yam taivim, yeah. Says the Gemara, Hani Chalamanda Amar Let's explain. Beautiful. Ready? If you say the three regalim need to be in order, so then, ready for this? Remember what was one of the opinions of Baltachar? Let's talk outside for a moment. We had five opinions. One of the opinions was that in order to be obligated, you have to go through Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot in order. So let's ask a question. What happens if somebody made a vow after Pesach? So they're not obligated until you pass Shavuos, Sukkot, Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkot. So then it makes sense how you can have, you passed over a whole year and you're still not yet obligated because you didn't make it through all of the um Taibim in order. Okay? That's the Gemara is going to point out. If you say that it has to be in order, so Mishkach we find of how you could pass over a whole year without all the Yom Taibim and you're not obligated, right? Like the example we just gave. But if you're going to say the three regalim don't need to be in order, how are you ever going to find a calendar year that passed and you haven't passed over your three regalim? Says the Gemara. Let's keep understanding the question before we get to the answer. According to Rebbe, it's still understandable. Maybe you can have a leap year this year. This year is a 13-month year. Okay? So, if you add an extra month, 
between um, Adar and Nisan, the Tanya, we have uh, we learned in the Brisa, Shana Tamima, that you're obligated when you pass over a complete year. Rebbe Omer, Rebbe says, you know what a complete year is? Not a leap year. A complete year is it's the solar cycle. It's the Gregorian calendar. A 365 day year. You count 12 months day to day. Then the Saber is it's a leap year in the Saber light. You have that extra month. So, ready? Here's how we can have three regalim. I'm sorry, a year without three regalim. You ready? Mishkachas Lola Rebbe. So according to Rebbe's opinion that it's 365 days, here's what happened. A person pledged to Hekdish right after Pesach. When the end of Adar comes, 365 days, Okay? So you have already a 365-day cycle because it's now the middle of your 13th month. It's 365 days later, but you never passed over Pesach yet. So we could find a year passed, 365 days passed, and you only passed over Shavuos and Sukkot, and you have not yet made it to Pesach. Okay, fine. According to Rabbanon who say that it's 12 months day to day, it's one Yiddish a year, how are you ever going to find a year pass without three regalim? Says the Gemara, Kedetani Reb Shmaya. Here's going to be the case, like we learned from Reb Shmaya, Atzeres Pam Chamisha. Sometimes Shavuos starts on the fifth day of Sivan Pam Shisha. Sometimes Shavuos is on the sixth day of Sivan. Pa'amim Shiva. Sometimes it's going to fall out on the seventh day of Sivan. Says Gemara, what are you talking about? Sometimes Shavuot starts on the fifth day, sometimes the sixth day, sometimes the seventh day. Okay? Says the Gemara, Haketzar. How is such thing possible? Now, before we even read this, I want to talk. It's very interesting. We're familiar with three regalim Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot. When is Pesach? What does the Torah say? The 15th day of Nisan. When is Sukkot? The Torah says, the 15th day of Tishrei. When is Shavuos? The Torah doesn't say. All the Torah says is Shavuos is 50 days from Pesach. Right, 50 days from the second day of Pesach. That's all it says. Very interesting. Okay? So, with that introduction, let's read the Brisa. HaKetzad. What happens with Shavuos now? When did, how does Shavuos fall out? So here's what happens. If let's say the month of Nisan ends up being a 30-day month and the next month of Iyar ends up being a 30-day month, so Shavuos is going to be Hamisha. Shavuos is going to fall out earlier in the next month because you had 30 days of Nisan, 30 days of Iyar, and now the fifth day of Siva. Okay? You're going to have 15, the 15 last days of Nisan, plus the 30 days of Iyar, that's 45, plus 5 days of Sivan, that's 50. We're up to 50 days. 
What happens if Shneim Chaserim? What happens if Nisan that year is established as a 29-day month? So there's only 14 days left in that month. And ER is a 29-day month. So you have 29 plus 14 is 43. So then Shavuos is going to be the seventh day of the next month because 43 plus 7 is 50. Okay? So Shneim Chaserim Shiva. Shavu is going to fall on the seventh day of Siva. Echad Moiv, Echad Chaser, Shisha. If one day is 29, the other one is 30, so then it's possible it'll fall out on the sixth day of Siva. So here's the case. You ready? Let's say Shavuos is on the fifth day of Siva. And a person the year before took an oath on the sixth day of Siva. And you need to wait for three regalim to pass. So, you have Pesach, you have Sukkot coming up, then Pesach, and when is Shavuos? The fifth day earlier. Yeah. You're going to have a Shavuos fall out either a little too early or a little too late. Gavaldik. And therefore, you can have a year end even before, you could, um, yeah, even before all of the regalim came. Because Shavuos never came for him yet. But the year is now over. Uman, Tana, Depolagale, the Rav Shmaya. And who is the Tana Orgazan? Bishmaya, Acherim, he, the Tana Gunter Brisa, Acherim, Maimrim, Acherim say, Ain, Bain, Atzeres, La Atzeres. There is no separation between one Shavuos and another Shavuos. Ain, Bain, Roshon, Roshon. There's no separation between one Roshon and another Roshon. El Arbar, Yom, Bavad. It's always going to be, whenever Shavuos falls out, there's always going to be a four day gap. To the next Shavuos, next Roshanim, and if it's a leap year, it's going to end up with a five-day gap. Okay, uh, basically what we're pointing out is that according to Acherim, um, such a thing is not going to be possible because it's never you're, you're never going to have a situation where you're, where uh, you're going to jump two days from uh, from when one Rosh Hashanah was the previous year to the next year. According to Acherim. To be able to pass over a year without passing over a gullim simply is not something that is possible. Period. End of that discussion. End of that conversation. Okay. Here we go. A few more small pieces. We're gonna, now going to get into a few short gemaras. This is going to move a little bit, uh, move a little bit faster. Okay. And but we're just fi- we're just focusing on this topic now of making sure that we pay up in the proper time frame. What happens if somebody inherits property that his father had pledged? Is he obligated, if he doesn't pay up in the same time frame as his father, does he transgress says, When you make a vow, the kid didn't make a vow, and therefore there's no obligation, there's no you're obligated to pay, but there's no there's no transgression of delaying because it didn't come out of your mouth. Yeah, you have to bring the same animal that your father was obligated to bring. Your father was obligated to bring this animal to Yerushalayim as a carbon. You got to make sure it's done too. So that's his shiloh. Okay? Do we focus on the animal and then you got to bring it at the same time? You can't wait any extra time. Or do we say it needs to come out of your mouth? And if the vow didn't come out of your mouth, you're allowed to delay. Tashmach, come and listen. We'll try to answer from here. Tanya Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Chia taught us. Me'imach, 
um, means prat liyarish. Me'imach means you need to bring from yours, from that which you said, that which is, is uh, from you, and this child is not the one who said it, and therefore there's no prohibition of delay for a child. But the word me'imach is needed to teach us that you're not allowed to delay from leket shecha upeya. It says, it could have just said the word imach, but now it says me'imach, right? The, the, the me'imach, the, the extra mem, is what teaches me that even a child um, is, uh, is, that a child is not going to be obligated for delaying the pledge of his father. Okay, another shaila of Reb Zera. By Reb Zera, Reb Zera asked another question. What happens if a woman pledged to bring a carbon? Is she obligated in Balta'acher or not? Do we say that only a man who's obligated to come to Yerushalayim has to bring the carbonus with him, but a woman who's not obligated to come to Yerushalayim has no obligation, or do we say Aydoma he isa b'simcha? She's obligated to be misameach on yomtiv, and the obligation to bring it has to do with the simcha. Yeah, that according to what you're saying, a woman's obligated in simcha, and it, it's because because she's obligated in simcha, she's obligated about the acher. Says the Gemara. One second. Does, uh, could Abai say that a woman's obligated to be happy on Yom Tif? He doesn't hold that. Abai holds that a woman's not obligated to be misamiyach on Yom Tif. A woman's husband is obligated to make sure she's happy on Yom Tif. And if it's not her obligation to have simcha on Yom Tif, maybe she should not transgress balta acher once Yom Tif comes. Says the Gemara, Ledvar of Abai was speaking according to the opinion of Reb According to Reb who holds, that a woman is obligated on her own to be misameach on Yom Tif, then it would be a balta'acher transgression. If she delays, she is obligated. But in Echanami, Abai himself, who says that a woman has no obligation of simcha, it's on her husband, then according to him, there would be no transgression for a woman delaying. Last shaila for today, Ibailu, they asked a, a, another shaila, Bechar me'emesai minen loy shana. When does the year of a Bechar, we know the halacha is that a Bechar needs to be, the halachas of a Bechar need to be dealt with. A kaya needs to take it and shecht it and eat it within its year. When does its year start? Abai Yom Rabbi says, Mishosh and from the day that it is born. Rav Acha Bar Yaakov Amar, Rav Acha Bar Yaakov says, no, the year of a Bechar starts, Mishosh and It starts from when it's eight days old. It doesn't start from its birthday. Since a Bechar is only allowed to be offered starting from its eighth day, you have a year from its first opportunity to bring on carbon. Okay, so we know that a Bechar needs to be shechted and eaten with, it has to be shechted and eaten before its year. The Gemara Shail is from the time it's born or from the time that it was capable of bringing a carbon, now I have a year from then. So we have a Machlaikas. Abai says from its birthday. And Rav Achabar Yaakov says, from, the, from its eighth day. V'lai pligi, says the Gemara, by the way, there's no machlekes here. Ha-betam, maybe when we say from the eighth day, that's talking about an animal that doesn't have a mum. It could be brought as a carbon. Okay? So when it could be brought as a carbon, you'll have those extra eight days. Ha-betam, and maybe when Abai said, you don't need to wait till the eighth day, that's talking about when it had a balmum. 
when it's a balmum, it can never be brought as a carbon in the first place, it can only be eaten, so then you don't have those extra eight days. Because listen to the lumdis. Why should I have those extra eight days? So I could bring it as a carbon. But something that can't be brought as a carbon, there's no reason for me to extend it. There's no excuse to extend it. Says the Gemara, why? Because I could eat it. Says Gemara, it's not true. You can't eat a balmum either. Balmum means yachule. Yeah? If, if an animal is a balmum, are you allowed to... Uh, are you allowed to eat it as soon as it's born? It's not, if it has a mum, it's only a mum is only a problem from carbonis. Mum is not a pro- problem as far as eating it. So, wh- still, why do I need to do it right away? Says Gemara, the Kimle Bay Shakalulai Chadashov. Here's the case the case is where you had a healthy animal at the time that it was born, okay? At the time that it was born, it was born totally healthy, okay? And then a mum developed afterwards. So you knew it was healthy, but then a mum developed afterwards. So since you knew that it was capable of living out its first year, you're allowed to eat it even right away. Hence, what we're coming out with, and this, we're going to hold it here, that really, what the Gemara is agreeing with is that really Abayi and Ravach Yaakov still could, there's, a, there's, a, a, there's room to say over here, that there's no machlokas. When did Rav Achabar Yaakov say that you have eight days, you, you have a year from the eighth day? That's talking about a, a uh, tumim, a complete animal. And when are we talking about an animal that, that uh, has a year from its birthday? That's when it was a, comp- uh, like a baye, that's when it was a perfectly healthy animal when it was born. It was a full-term animal. On that first day, it developed a permanent mum, a permanent blemish. So it was already allowed to be eaten right then and there. Hence, you're going to have a year from the day that it was born. Period. End of that Gemara. Bez Hashem. Shabbos. We will pick up from Tanu Rabbonon on the second line of Daf Zayin Amar Aleph. And Amatzi Shabbos. Let's make Daf Yaimi. Bez Hashem. At, let's see, Shkia. 622, 72. Let's uh, do Dafyami at, at 815 in Mirza Shem. So Matsi Shabbos at 8, 815 Matsi Shabbos.